Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have the celebration of one of the feast days for St. John Chrysostom, the translation of his relics to Constantinople. St. John Chrysostom, as we sing in his Chaparium, was a great light for the world and a light that reflects our Lord's light means at some point the darkness is not going to comprehend it and he's going to get himself in a little bit of trouble. The reason why his relics were being translated to Constantinople is because he had died on his way to exile because St. John had a few words to say to the ruling elites in Constantinople and they didn't like it. So they said, pack your bags and get out of here. And St. John said, okay. Because if you notice a lot of the saints in the 4th century, while they may like to tangle at certain times, whenever they're told to leave an imperial city or get away from uh, that, kind of, that kind of work, they are usually glad to go because it means they could do other things, like pray and read and correspond and do all the other things uh, that they had done before they ended up as the Archbishop of Constantinople. St. John Chrysostom is, and this Sunday we will celebrate him again alongside St. Basil the Great and St. Gregory the Theologian, is one of the great luminaries of the Church. Of course, we have a liturgy ascribed to him. He is one of the great, as reflected in his title, so much so that if you read some uh, Orthodox material, like I read one of the lives, uh, the entry for this day in the Synoxarian, and just called him St. Chrysostom, which is not really his name, it just means golden mouth, or golden tongue, or like golden throat. Chrysostom is because he was a great orator, a great preacher. And in the Orthodox faith, if you are looking for someone to help you understand Scripture, he is one of the great lights of the Church to turn to. <clears throat> Later uh, famous commentaries, uh, say, Blessed Theophilact of uh, say Ocrid, I believe, uh, he Basically, if you go to look at his uh, interpretations of the epistles and gospels, lo and behold, you actually get a condensed St. John Chrysostom because they figured out after a few centuries, uh, St. John Chrysostom, if you've read his homilies or familiar, or he, because he's preaching, uh, he makes many asides. And many of his asides are specifically addressed to the people that are in front of him. So he will call out, or he'll mention things about, like, where were you guys last week? Oh, it's because the games were on in the stadium, so you guys are paying attention to that instead of coming to church. Uh, things like that. But you can see how he gets the trajectory of dying in exile. So St. John Chrysostom, uh, in his homilies, if you stick with it, you will find many gems. 
part of the challenge of approaching St. John Chrysostom, and I find that as we talk about being a church of the fathers, uh, the fathers of the church, uh, there's always the question, okay, where do I start? Who do I start reading? Well, one of the places that you could start is St. John Chrysostom. But the challenge with reading St. John Chrysostom, there are many mo modern translations of St. John Chrysostom, but most of the access, especially if you go online, or if you have those post-Nicene and anti-Nicene father set, is that you get St. John Chrysostom translated in a Victorian register, which means they were more keyed in, especially as you had these Anglican scholars, the Greek, uh, their sentences don't always jive with the way that we talk now, and they might be a little Greekified in certain ways, and just the grammar, the way they uh, do things. So it can be a little bit challenging, but there is a lot of St. John Chrysostom in, uh, I'll say, more modern English, approachable English. There is, from St. Vladimir's Seminary Popular Patristic Series, <coughs> many of St. John Chrysostom's uh, homilies uh, from going all over the place, from dedicated to marriage and the bond of marriage, uh, the sacrament of marriage, to homilies about various saints that they venerated at the time, to uh, wealth and poverty, talking about the, the series of homilies that he gave uh, that have to do with how we are to relate to the poor, uh, what our responsibilities in almsgiving are. We have St. John Chrysostom. There is a more recent translation of On Providence, God's Providence, about how we are to rely on God's providence that has come out from St. Herman's press. There is all sorts of glories of being able to be introduced into the heart of the faith. When I was in seminary, and you have specific dedicated time, of course, uh, to read the Fathers, it was reading especially in Chrysostom, Gregory, Basil and the other Gregory that we won't commemorate this Sunday, Gregory Nyssa, who also has a feast day, uh, was about, what, 10, it's been a while, uh, earlier this month for St. Gregory Nyssa. Uh, you really do enter into uh, the very heart of the faith. You see the articulation. You see what, if you were to come and ask me about certain things, I will dredge up St. John Chrysostom in the back of my head about something in order to respond to something for uh, spiritual insight, for direction. These are, as we talk about them as trumpets or as fonts of wisdom, uh, lights, great luminaries upon the earth. Uh, it is the great fathers, especially the three hierarchs that will be commemorating this Sunday, whom we call the ecumenical teachers of the church alongside St. Athanasius, that is where you will get, if you want, if you're looking for something orthodox, you're going to be guaranteed to get orthodox teachings if you read St. John Chrysostom and patiently submit to his advice, uh, to his words, to his even rebukes or scoldings here and there, because he had that strength and that brightness, but also then his incredibly pastoral moments 
because he knew that sometimes you have to chide a little bit, sometimes you have to encourage a little bit, uh, but always, in reading Chrysostom, you are brought to a deeper faith and love of our Lord uh, through his writings, through his example, and through what he stood for, the teachings of the church, the path of salvation. This particular, I want to end the, the particular feast, the translation of his relics, it happened a few decades after he died, and it happened in the middle of a sermon that his predecessor, after him, the Archbishop, was uh, basically praising him in a homily. And the people got so worked up in the middle of the homily that they went to the emperor, who was the son of the empress who had exiled St. John Chrysostom, and they started begging him that they need to bring Chrysostom back to Constantinople. So they set out, they go to, I believe it was Cremona. I think we even sang it in the hymnody tonight. Uh, and as they got there, there's a little bit differences, different stories around exactly how it went down. One version is they tried to move his relics and try as much as they possibly could. He wouldn't budge. And the emperor realized, okay, probably my family will probably have something to do with this. He writes a letter of apology. He gives it, he puts it on Chrysostom's chest, and as soon as this happens, they're able to move his relics. St. John Chrysostom was stubborn. <laughs> but he comes back, uh, and even to this day, in Constantinople, where they have his relics to this day, on particular feasts of St. John Chrysostom, they will put the relics of St. John, and you have in the Byzantine church, uh, we're a little bit more used to Russian style, right? Where if the bishop comes, he stands here in the middle, and then he comes in during the liturgy. In the Byzantine church, they're much more used to having a throne off the side where he basically uh, stands from. But if you get to a go, and it's a feast day on St. John Chrysostom, you know who presides at the liturgy from the throne? St. John Chrysostom. So, Obviously, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't give the peace be with you all, even though there's a story where they brought his relics back into the church and they enshrined the relics uh, that he stood up and did a peace be with you all. Uh, but they honor his presence as being the Archbishop of Constantinople, uh, not his home city, but the city where he presided as bishop, uh, exiled, preached, taught, etc. So there's all... As you encounter these heroes of the faith uh, in all of these dimensions, there's even more, especially if you lived in Constantinople. Chrysostom is with you. He's present uh, as he is with us every single time we come together, and especially as we uh, ask for his prayers at the end of every single liturgy by St. John Chrysostom. The prayers of St. John Chrysostom, uh, may God be with us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.